Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debates, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadiens Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen. I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 50. It's the golden edition of the Canadians Connection, and I'm pleased to be joined in studio by my co-host, the Rick Stevens, to my Joseph Whalen, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? <laughs> wow. That, yeah, I like that. I like that opening. And yeah, congratulations on, uh, on 50 episodes uh, already of the Canadians Connection. Uh, the, the half century episode. That's fabulous. And, and uh, listen, we have our roots uh, as, as many people know uh, as Habs 360 uh, and then uh, rebranded and, and uh, brought you in as, as host and and uh, two hundred almost two hundred and fifty episodes of of wow. Habs three hundred and sixty. So we're we're thinking of Chris G today too. Uh, provided the foundation and now fifty uh, episodes already for uh, the Canadians Connection and and uh, we're excited. I'm excited about this uh, particular episode. I am too. We've timed it up very well with uh, some some hockey games to talk about, some preseason action that we're going to get to in uh, just a few moments. And then we also have uh, a couple of cuts that were just announced just before we went uh, before we went on air, and then, of course, uh, some injuries as well that we're going to get to in segment two. Um, and, and we also have the question of the week, which we threw out on Twitter as well. After three preseason games, which Habs player has surprised you most in camp, and why? So we have all of that coming up. And uh, I, I suppose we'll uh, start with the roster cuts, but there's always ways to connect. We mentioned the question of the week that we threw out. There are ways to connect with us. This, this is a live show. Uh, so, Rick, how about you, uh, you throw out those numbers that those people can reach us at? We're a live show. You're right. Uh, so call us live uh, in the studio. The studio number is 213-943-3754. That's 213-943-3754. If you're catching us on demand, uh, as many of you do, and we're happy you join us, uh, you can text us anytime, 24 hours a day, our text line, special rocket text line, that's 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. And we thank those people who've sent in uh, your texts, and, and we try to respond to all of them, and, and you, some of them even make it to air. Yeah, and uh, like we say, we uh, we love to have uh, input into uh, what's being said here on the Canadians Connection podcast, so uh, keep those coming in. And, and of course, with the question of the week, keep uh, keep your responses coming. We've already gotten some great ones already, so look forward to uh, seeing some more. Uh, so, Rick, uh, opening up, we did have uh, some roster cuts that were just announced, and I don't think it was uh, very surprising, uh, some of the names on that list. It was headlined by the likes of uh, Michael McNiven and, and Lucas Vedemo. And then you had Maxime Lamarche and uh, Morgan Adams Moisan. A little, a little, <laughs> a little less surprising, perhaps, than maybe McNiven, who didn't really get much of a look in the preseason. But, uh, but yeah, so we have those. Uh, I don't think it's particularly surprising at this point. And, and it was actually a little bit late for some cuts, I would think. 
I think so. Um, you saw teams like uh, the Flyers making some um, uh, pretty significant cuts yesterday, and and Elaine yeah. Vignar, our old friend Elaine Vigneault, saying <laughs> he wanted to uh, to work with with the core group. Uh, and uh, I don't know if that uh, the 0 for 3 <laughs> record has anything to do with it. <laughs> the Canadians are a little bit different. That the the 14 players um, have been uh, assigned to Lavelle, and and Lavelle uh, Rocket Camp will will get underway. And, um, um, you know, as you said, no, no big surprises. Uh, some people, uh, talked about Alexandra land, um, you know, showing something, uh, in camp, uh, poor Michael McNiven didn't see, uh, much, much action and, and, uh, and maybe more was expected of, of a player like, uh, Lucas Vedemo. Uh, but when you have the number of players that the Canadians have, in that that fourth line group um, still in camp, Houdon and Pekka and Veroni and Barber and yeah. Cousins and Wheel and Weiss and Thompson. Have I missed anybody? <laughs> Belzeal and and wow. Um, so so yeah, there's uh, um, there's there's lots of players still in in uh, camp. Uh, Laval uh, Rocket Camp uh, begins on Monday and that at uh, Place Bell, uh, starting with these fourteen uh, players. Yeah, and I mean, you've got a lot of excitement, I would imagine, around the uh, Laval Rocket. As much as talk as there's been about a youth movement for the Montreal Canadiens, you'd expect with all of those guys that you just mentioned, that glut of third and fourth line guys, uh, those third and fourth line guys, there's probably going to be some pretty uh, nice looking players down in Laval this year. So uh, they'll probably be uh, be very uh, excited to get going. Um, I expect so, so. and 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 yeah. the 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 interesting part is you think about um, okay and let's not get too far ahead of ourselves but think about next year's camp uh, who is one of the more uh, uh, outstanding players in the uh, in the development camp and that was Jesse Yelonen. Uh, so yeah. uh, Jesse Yelonen's still on the way Jacob Olson um, Alexander Romanov. Cole Caulfield, of course, Yanni Ekinen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next year's camp's going to be um, fun too. But you know, uh, three games have been played already. Only four games left on the exhibition schedule, so things have to get serious. Uh, but it was great to see that uh, those three games uh, and and the storylines that came out of them this week. So let's let's talk about it for a little bit with uh, with those preseason games. We actually have uh, some some real hockey to talk about for the first time in a long time, and uh, it got started off with a game against the New Jersey Devils in Montreal, and it was a four two win. And Jake Evans scored a beautiful shorthanded marker uh, there to give the Canadians a three two lead. Nick Cousins out of the empty netter, and. Montreal got a really good night between the pipes. Carey Price and Caden Primo teamed up, and uh, they allowed a goal each. But, I mean, some great saves from Caden Primo. Carey Price was Carey Price, as you would expect. And they get out of there with a 4-2 win. And after that game, they played two against the Florida Panthers. One in New Brunswick. It was Kraft Hockeyville. Played in Bathurst. And, uh, that was those two games against the Florida Panthers. We got to see a couple of really intriguing prospects for the Canadians dazzle. And the first night it was Ryan Paling, who uh, for some other reasons we're actually going to have to talk about a little bit later on in the show, unfortunately, but 
he had a beautiful move on uh, Aaron Ekblad, uh, a beautiful little toe drag and set up Alex Belzil for the game winner. And then Nick Suzuki the following night with a fantastic pass to Brett Kulak, a beautiful little flip shot, a silky little fl- uh, flip shot in, in the shootout. And boy, oh boy, <laughs> with Jake Evans making a great play in the first game, then you have Ryan Paling, and then you have Nick Suzuki. You get three guys, three young, tantalizing, with, with amazing talent, uh, making those kinds of plays. We have a lot to talk about. And Caden Primo as well, as uh, many people were uh, quick to uh, point out, he was phenomenal between the pipes in that opener. Well, listen, I think Ryan Paling has played um, just very consistently at a, at a top level uh, since development camp that carried on through rookie camp. He was head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, and, 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 and again, in, in the, the exhibition uh, games, he's, he's NHL ready. You mentioned Aaron Ekblad. Uh, he's, he's playing against, he has been playing against uh, legitimate NHL competition and has looked very good. Um, you know, uh, let's let's we'll talk about the the injury issues uh, a little later but uh talent wise and performance wise ryan paling has looked uh the most nhl ready of all of them um jake evans um you know jake evans is a different looking player we mentioned this uh last week how uh, i had a conversation with um, one of the eastern conference scouts about jake evans and how much he's bulked up um how how confident he looks he he kind of started slow in 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 yeah. uh, in the exhibition games, but uh, a little tentative. But um, he's he really has has stepped forward and and looked good. Um, Kale Fleury, uh, I, I, oh, I have to mention him too. Uh, given that yeah. there might be some openings um, on the uh, uh, roster and and uh, on that right defensive side, and and uh, for me maybe the surprise, although. You know, he he kind of uh, uh, forecast that that surprise in that he was excellent at the rookie uh, showcase. And uh, Kale Fleury has has looked calm, poised, uh, moves the puck well, has been physical. Um, I, you know, he's done everything that that he's been asked. And and, uh, you know, I, I don't know that the Canadians were thinking that that uh, um you know they would they would uh, be including him in their their roster uh, come uh, October, but uh, he's made a strong case. Um, and Nick Suzuki, who um, you know we can we can spend a few minutes talking about too. But those are the players that um, you know of of the young players that have really stood out so far in uh, in camp. And yeah, I, you mentioned Kale Fleury, and and he was somebody. In that 2017 draft, I know that they drafted a, a couple of defensemen, and we, and we talked about a few of them because the Canadians didn't end up giving them an entry-level deal, like in, in Scott Walford and Jared Tiska. But out of those defensemen that they drafted in 2017, Kale Fleury was the guy that I was highest on at that point, and I'm I'm happy to say that he's he's proven me right to this point. I, Josh Brooks still has a lot of developing mm-hmm. to do yep. as we've seen. And it was unfair to, to expect him to be at the level of flurry right now, just given the fact that flurry played a full, full, uh, a full pro season last year in the AHL. 
And and you mentioned we were talking about Kale Fleury throughout the week. You mentioned the fact that he played with Carl Alsner and that experience. Uh, say what you want. I know that people, you know, want to say that Carl Alsner is you know not an NHL defenseman anymore. But the experience that that guy brought to Laval, you would have to imagine that had a huge impact on a guy like Kale Fleury early in his development. And and you're seeing a lot of that right now. He looks extremely confident, and I think that with the unfortunate uh, circumstances surrounding Noah Juleson at this moment in time, I think that you cannot overlook the way that, that Kale Fleury's looked to this point. I think that he's made his case for a roster spot, and really the only one that can take that away from him at this point is himself. Because, you know, that's with young players, you mentioned, I mean, Suzuki and Jake Evans both were a little bit timid and then they kind of work their way through it. It's young play. Those kind of things happen for young players. So even though Kale Fleury has been good to this point, and I would expect it to stay that way, I think that, you know, it, it wouldn't be surprising if he had a, a performance where it, little, it might dip a little bit. But I still think even with that, he's earned the spot just from how he's played in these, in these exhibition games and going back to the rookie tournament as well. So far, so good. And the competition yeah. as – as teams, uh, other teams make cuts, the, the competition is going to get uh, ramped up, and um, uh, he's going to have tougher tests uh, as yeah. we move through the last four games. Um, but so far, he has he has passed every test, and yeah, I too would um, you know you got to give a lot of credit to Carl Alsner. Uh, yeah. There's not a lot of, of um, uh, pro coaching experience on on the Rocket uh, uh, bench. Uh, particularly uh, with respect to the defenseman, Carl Alsner played a huge role last year uh, in helping uh, with Kale Fleury and, and maybe with a full year. Um, I know that's not Alsner's preference, but uh, uh, might be a help for uh, Josh Brook as well. Um, yeah. The, um, you know, the, the one uh, non-rookie uh, that I'd like to make mention of is Arturi Lekin. And, and, and I think of, uh, um, from what I've seen, um, Arturi Lekanen is not going to be uh, a third line uh, winger this season. Uh, he has been excellent with um, Max Domi, and uh, the two of them together have been dynamite. Uh, and whoever that other winger happens to be, uh, it was uh, Brendan Gallagher, uh, which that trio looked terrific. They did. Uh, Brendan Gall- um, um, Arturi Lekanen, um is um, is is going to be both the defensive conscience of that line, but also the guy who uh, goes in and does the work um, to uh, to forecheck, to retrieve the puck, to um, create offense for um, for his line mates, and and uh, I think we're seeing um, what Claude Julian has talked about for a long time, um, um, how how much he values uh, Lekin, and I, I think we're seeing uh, why uh, in the preseason. And I, he's also on my list, and it was for the simple reason that it seems so strange at this point for a guy that's been around for three years that we have to say, we have to justify his inclusion on a list of players you know, that have been phenomenal through three games of the preseason. But we do, because in the two that he's played, he has three points. And even in spite of that, there are still those who will say that he is not a top six forward 
when in reality, when you go back and look at last season, he brought out the best, the best of Max Domi down the stretch. When you couldn't put Jonathan Drouin and Max Domi together when it really mattered, when you were trying to make a push to the playoffs, Arturi Lekkonen was put alongside Max Domi and Andrew Shaw, and Max Domi did not look better at any other point throughout the last season. He looked his absolute best alongside of Arturi Lekkonen. And you mentioned Brendan Gallagher also looked really, really good on that line with Lekkonen and, and Max Domi. And I just think that's the, the simple reason is that Arturi Lekkonen is just a glue guy. It doesn't matter who he's going to play with because he's going to do what he does and he's going to win battles in the corners, be a possession monster, be a great defensive player. He's going to do all of those things and it'll just allow Max Domi to be as creative as he wants to be, even if he is going to be playing center. As we talked about last week, maybe he could shift to the wing, but if he doesn't, I would like Arturi Lekkonen to be on his left side every single night, you know, barring any sort of uh, injury. Well, you, you know what hasn't looked good in, in the preseason? Uh, we're, we're pretty glowing so far, but you know what hasn't looked good? And that is special teams. And yeah. particularly coming into the season with uh, the power play being such a focus, um, weren't so worried about the penalty kill, but neither has looked very good. The uh, power yeah. play is 0 for 7. And we know that um, uh, Claude Julien is, is, uh, has made some changes. We talked about the uh, Shea Weber in the Ovechkin slot. Also, uh, Claude Julien was uh, concerned last year about uh, losing so many battles down low. And that, for me, we talked about that, about uh, the personnel he had up there losing battles down low. Uh, but to combat that, uh, Claude Julien's made sure uh, that during the preseason, there's always two men in front of the net trying to uh, win those, those battles. Hasn't worked out so far, as I said, 0 for 7. The penalty kill um, is uh, not not been good either. Uh, they've given up a, a penalty, a, a power play goal um, in every single game they've played, in the three games they've played. Uh, the penalty kill is... 10 for 13, which comes out to only 769, which uh, over the course of the season wouldn't um, wouldn't be that good. But you know who might help both? Who's a pretty good penalty killer and and is a dynamic offensive player, and that's Nick Suzuki. And and uh, he's getting yeah. a promotion uh, a promotion tonight, so maybe we should spend a couple minutes talking about uh, the Taka camp, Nick Suzuki. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the the larger questions surrounding that, because we know now that Ryan Paling probably uh, not going to be around for, for opening night. Is Nick Suzuki going to be around? Is he going to be the guy that breaks through? Because like we've talked about, there is this just a, a big, uh, there's a large assortment of third and fourth line guys that seem to be blocking the way. But if, if Nick Suzuki plays the way that he did against Florida, uh, in that second half of the back-to-back against Florida, then I don't see a way where you can deny this guy if he's going to be playing like that. And especially, as you mentioned, uh, with help to the power play, I mean, that that's a huge, that would be a huge addition to a, to a team that desperately needs a little bit more of a scoring punch. You talked about Thursday night, and uh, he was first star in that game against Florida. Um, he was so excited on Thursday night that, uh, as we know, 
Uh, they get first star gets to to do a, a courtesy lap of, of the Bell Center and toss pucks <laughs> uh, into the, into the stands. Uh, Nick Suzuki was throwing fastballs um, of the souvenir yeah. pucks into the stands. <laughs> he was he was just pumped. Uh, so yeah. he'll, he'll need a little bit of coaching there. Um, yeah, but. Uh, his coach, uh, Claude Julien, talks about uh, his greatest strength, Nick Suzuki, that is, uh, saying, uh, just marveling at how smart uh, Suzuki is and said that um, every time he's on the ice, something happens. And in response to that, uh, Suzuki said uh, when he was interviewed after the game, um, what I've been taught my whole life is just being in the soft area, trying to find space uh, for myself. And I think that's that's what is allowing him to be successful um, is is his his ability to read the play, his vision. Um, and one of the things that uh, after the last camp, um, the uh, when he was going back to junior, uh, the Canadian staff uh, asked Nick Suzuki to work on one thing, uh, and that was playing at a higher pace. Um, he told us last year that, that that's what the staff had asked him play with pace, think the game quicker, be proactive, trying to try to read and see what's going to happen. And he's, he did that. He, he really, um, did that more, uh, in junior last year. And, and you see the, the, how that's benefited him so far in the preseason. He's got a couple of, of tests, I think, um, in in the, the the rookie camp and the rookie showcase, he played on the the wing beside Ryan Paling and was kind of I didn't see the same sort of effectiveness uh, uh, that that has shown where when he's played at center. So uh, yeah. two tasks that he needs to pass. He'll he's being moved to the wing. Uh, he'll be alongside Phil Deneau and and Thomas Tatar tonight against Ottawa. Uh, the other test is as I mentioned before. Um, uh, something that Ryan Paling has shown and maybe because of the lines he's played on Nick Suzuki hasn't so much and that's playing against better NHL uh, competition yeah and and certainly hope uh, we get to see a, a, a lot of that tonight especially with him playing on a line with with Tomas Tatar and and Philip Deneau and Philip Deneau so That'll be a, a huge test for him, and uh, I know that a lot of Habs fans excited to see him get that opportunity and uh, play against uh, some legitimate NHL talent, and hopefully have a similar result to uh, Ryan Paling when uh, on that beautiful little uh, toe drag and uh, against the Florida Panthers. Um, so we're gonna just take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna but talk about. But before we do, oh. Go ahead. You, tell us oh, tell us what's coming up, but I've got one well, more thing yeah, before we leave. We do have something else to get to. We're going to take a quick break, but before that, we're going to get to what Rick's talking about, but we're going to after the break, we're going to discuss the injuries which uh, unfortunately have have come up a couple of times for the Montreal Canadiens with now Paling and Byron being added to uh, to the injury list, but but Rick, what else do we have at, at this moment in time? Well, it is the preseason, and we've said it before. It's preseason for everybody. Uh, everybody's in training, <laughs> uh, whether it's the, we talked about the referees being evaluated, whether it's the players. Uh, but this also extends to broadcasting and podcasting staff. And we noticed um, during the broadcast this week some real interesting pronunciations of names. And um, 
one of our <laughs> one of our favorites in that regard on our own staff on the rocket sports staff is is Treg Wilson so uh first um we want to Treg ha- has uh has uh, trouble with uh, name pronunciations and even members <laughs> of his own team um yes it's it's Matt not Mike Treg um, but it's Treg's birthday today, and so we want to recognize and wish uh, Treg a very, very uh, happy birthday. Um, and, uh, of course, Treg is one of the members of our uh, active military service. We have three of them. Matt's over in Kuwait. Uh, Blaine uh, was out on exercises on the Ville de Quebec, and, and uh, he's in your neck of the woods, as I understand, yeah. um, he's in for a few days. Yeah, he's um, there for the weekend. Uh, well, uh, have great have a great time in in St. I'm sure John's he will. Lane. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he will too. Um, happy birthday, Treg! And uh, and in your honor, we're we're going to look at some of the correct pronunciations uh, of uh, of Canadians' names. And and um, the first one that comes to mind for me is is Alex Belzeal. And we we heard on the broadcast. Uh, on the the various broadcasts this week, about 37 different pronunciations of, <laughs> of poor Alex Belzeal's name. Sergio Mameso uh, has Belisle, I think, uh, is is what he calls him. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, poor Ben Sherrod and Lucas Vedamo and Nikita Yevpolov, and and I'm sure there's others as well. Um, and, oh. Phil Veroni is the other one. Yeah. Yeah, we get it's to that one. It's not Guns of Navarone. It's not Guns of Navarone. It's Phil of Veroni. And and this was uh this was sent to us <laughs> by one of our regular listeners, Spectacular, Kathy, a former member of the uh, All Habs team. And um uh, it it comes from uh the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Of course, Phil Veroni was a member of the Lehigh Valley yeah. Phantoms and uh Bob Rotruck, their play-by-play guy, um <laughs> helps us with Phil Veroni. I might have jumped the gun a little bit, but here it is. Well, isn't that educational? As we say, we're here to inform, engage, and entertain, and we just informed how to pronounce the name of Phil Verone with a nice little jingle that you can call back to anytime you need. <laughs> so You'll we're going to take a quick that. break. No, never. Never in my life will I forget how to pronounce Phil Verone. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to discuss injuries. Stay with us. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, 
web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Unfortunately, this week, the Montreal Canadiens were hit a little bit harder by the injury bug. And if you can recall, last week we had already discussed uh, Carl Olsner and, and Noah Juleson as two guys that would, uh, would not be playing any of the preseason games. And uh, now we have Ryan Paling with a concussion and Paul Byron uh, with an upper body injury. Uh, joining the list of uh, injured players, along with guys like Gustav Olofsson and Yoni Ikonen as well. So the Canadians, who were really unaffected, unscathed by injuries last year, uh, in the grand scheme of things, as Shea Weber started the year injured, but when he came back, he was back the rest of the way. I mean, you look at last year, Tomas Tatar, Max Domi, Brendan Gallagher, Arturi Lekkinen, Jeff Petrie, and Philip Deneau, guys that were you know stabilizers for this team last year all played 80 plus games and then you have Carey Price that played 66 I think the big ones in that are Price and Gallagher who have a history of injuries so this year you'd have to hope that things break their way again and that was something that you know may have contributed to the 96 points last year that might be a little bit more difficult to replicate than people think I, th- I think you're right. I, I, the, um, you know, I see people, okay, um, you know, they had 96 points last year um, with a young team. Uh, the assumption is that, that young players are going to get better, so automatically they'll have over 100 points uh, this season. Well, let's just, <laughs> let's just put the brakes on that <laughs> a little bit. They had some very good luck, particularly with, with injuries. And, yes, the one that, that we all remember – uh, because it, it impacted the beginning of the season was Shea Weber. Uh, but overall, and compared to other teams, the Canadians only lost 163 man games to injury last season. That may sound like a lot, but it's not. It's at the bottom it of the, uh, the tier. Uh, the Canadians lost eight, were uh, eighth fewest uh, man games lost in, in the NHL. So they were very, very fortunate. We know in previous years, certainly hasn't been the case. And now, uh, with this injury list um, starting in um, 
the preseason and and uh, and even to prospects, um, you know, poor Yoni Ekinen, who's who's yeah. uh, had a, a rash of injuries. He's going to be out six months till March. Gustav Olofsson, have we ever seen him play? <laughs> Just a couple of games. <laughs> uh, another shoulder injury. Uh, Carl Alza, Joel Teasdale, who was uh, expected yeah. to contribute to the Laval lineup out a while. Michael McCarron out with shoulder. Uh, Paul Byron uh, with the upper body and and uh, uh, Gianni Fairbrother in in uh, was injured in rookie camp um, and he's gone back to uh, the WHL now. But um, Ryan Paling, um, given the the type of camp that he was having, given that he was um, you know uh, had had almost solidified a position in the in the lineup, uh, that one is really tough. And and with respect to concussions, that's uh, that's really tough uh, for him uh, and uh, for fans and for the organization. Well, yeah, and and Ryan Paling, I had penciled in to make the opening night roster is <laughs> after that fabulous move on Aaron Ekblad. I, I tweeted, well, he, he's got to be their opening night in in Carolina to play the Hurricanes, and and seeing as you know as as, as good as he was playing throughout camp throughout rookie you know all of those things he looked head and shoulders above the rest and then when he played against as you mentioned the NHL caliber defenseman he was able to do that sort of thing and it was just really unfortunate timing for the Canadians obviously I I think that Ryan Paling was the guy that was most likely to break through and and maybe make the Canadians think about uh, starting the year with him with the big club, uh, we talked about the the glut of third and fourth line players that the Canadians have, but I thought that he was the guy that had a legitimate opportunity, a legitimate chance to uh, to start the year with the Canadians, and and it's it's just really unfortunate. Um, but well, we, that, yeah, that, we talked about that. Yeah, that um, you mentioned that play uh, um, that he made on Ekblad, NHL caliber play, and and set up uh, Belzeal for. Uh, the winning goal, um, and and actually the, there was uh, the Canadians uh, won uh, each night. Uh, the winning goal was was shorthanded each night. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jake Evans the night before. Um, but that the the amazing part of that play was uh, Ryan Paling had a great third period, and that came after the yeah. uh, the the hit. It was Dryden Hunt. Um, in the second period, um, well, it was, uh, Paling grabbed the puck um, uh, just to the left of Charlie Lindgren, uh, right behind the goal line. He carried the puck to the sideboards, uh, cleared the zone, and then had a hard – it looked like he wasn't expecting the hit from Dryden Hunt. Yeah. Uh, Paling's head hit into the glass. He said afterwards – this was in Bathurst – he said afterwards that the, the glass was harder um, – in a in a non NHL rink uh, than than he's experienced in the NHL, there isn't that flexibility in a in a Q yeah. rink um, that there is with the NHL. So his head hit into the glass. Uh, he fell back um, and kind of held his head, uh, kind of got up to his knees. Took a minute to 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 uh, kind of get to his feet and glided back to the the bench. Uh, grimacing, closing his eyes, his glove was up to his head. Uh, he did not look good at that moment, and and there was some concern of of whether he should indeed have come out of the game at that point. Yeah, and 
I would think that with all of those things that you just mentioned, especially when you saw him skating away and, and as long as it took him to get back up to his feet, that you would imagine that he would have been taken to the quiet room or I guess in the, as he mentioned in the, uh, a Q rink, what the equivalent of a quiet room might be in, in, in there, you, you would have imagined that he would have been taken out back and just had a quick look at him, but it didn't appear as though that was the case. And it, and Claude Julian said that he wasn't showing any symptoms. Um, and this was a, a part of a bigger quote that Claude Julian, uh, that, that he provided. And, Part of it doesn't sound that good for an NHL coach to be saying, but here it is fully transcribed from Eric Engels. There were no indications he was concussed. I'm not going to get into things like that, but there were no indications he was feeling good. Uh, There were no indications he was feeling good. All you need to do is look at the play he made on the winning goal. He didn't look like a guy who had suffered a concussion. He had no symptoms. It's the next day there were indications. There, that's totally normal when it comes to concussions, that symptoms aren't always there immediately and sometimes present themselves later. So if you start removing all the players from the lineup because we think they might have a concussion but aren't showing any indications of having one, you'd be left with half the bench. So that last part, isolated, doesn't sound very good for an NHL coach to be saying. <laughs> he makes a pretty valid point when he says that paling on that play, the phenomenal play that we've talked about, did not look concussed. But the last part, not and, – and Claude Julian's dealt with more guys being concussed than I hope to in my lifetime. But that did not sound good. Listen, I, I'm, I'm all with Claude Julian. Everything he says about there was no indications um, and, and uh, he looked good on the, 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 uh, in the thir- throughout the third period, in addition to that great play he made uh, at the end of the game. Uh, talked about uh, symptoms aren't there uh, always initially. All of that is and I'm with him. And then I'm like, Claude, just keep your mouth shut. But but uh, yeah. Claude <laughs> Julian has this tendency to get defensive. And then he says stupid things. And he says things from he's feeling and from his heart and passionately. And that last sentence is damning about his attitude uh, towards concussions. So if you start removing all the players from the lineup because we think they may have a concussion but aren't showing indications, you'd be left with half a bench. And, um, you know, for me, um, uh, Ken Campbell uh, from the Hockey News answered uh, when, uh, when this was tweeted out, and he said, then they should play with a half a bench, no? <laughs> um, because at that, whatever it is, you do whatever you have to do. Uh, and it kind of reminded me of a, a clip from uh, Star Trek, actually. In range? Not yet, sir. Come on, come on. You fly apart. Fly apart, then. <laughs> and that's a Anytime fire apart, Lou. then. Yeah. yeah. Anytime uh, you get Zulu in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what Ken Gamble was saying. Then play with a half a bench. Uh, if that's the case, if if your players are getting concussed all over the place, you can't just say, oh, well, um, you know, 
um, you have to treat these things seriously. And I think, I think Claude Julien's uh, statement, uh, his, his expressing his feeling about the subject is exactly why the um, NHL and hockey in general is in such trouble with head injuries and concussions. Yeah. Um, real trouble. And earlier in the week, uh, Claude Julian insisted, we, we know that Noah Juleson's been dealing with some headaches, and Claude Julian emphatically insisted that it was not linked to a concussion. So we're, he's going to get a second opinion on that. So until we, we get that second opinion, I mean, we'll, we'll assume that it isn't a concussion, but if it comes back that it might be tied to a concussion or part of something and we're not going to speculate on that this is an injury this is far more serious than uh, you know to, it, it's too serious to speculate about but if it does then i mean claude julian it hasn't been his uh, his best week at least in terms of the way that he's dealt with with these issues and it, it you know certainly with all that we know in 2019 about head injuries and the long term we talked last year um about connor crisp with all that we know in 2019 about concussions, about CTE and all of that, it's the last part of that quote that really bothers me. And listen, I understand Claude Julian, and he made a good point. Listen, sometimes injuries, it's not until the next day. You don't experience it until the next day. And, but it is that last part, isn't it? And that's the part that's going to stick out like a, like a sore thumb to the rest of that quote, because like I said, when you isolate that quote, it makes it look as though it is just, you know, this old school hockey coach that's talking about injuries that, oh, you got to play through those, even though, if, you know, how many of those I played through and all that stuff. You want to cut through all that because that's just with everything that we know now that that can't be an attitude that is around. And Claude Julian, as you said, was right there. He was doing a great job. Uh, and then it might've been his, his feelings that, that let him down. And in, in the last part of that quote. Well, I think that's just it, that he was fine when talking specifically about uh, paling and let's pull this away from the whole paling issue. And let's speak more broadly. It's, yeah. it's when Claude Julian spoke generally about his feelings about concussions that got him in trouble. And, and I guess the, the, the timing couldn't be uh, worse. As you said, there was also earlier in the week, him, um, you know, being uh, uh, very defensive about whether Noah Juleson had a concussion or not also happened earlier in the week, um, uh, a, a, con- a concussion-related story, and that was uh, with respect to Blackhawks' great uh, Stan Makita. Uh, now, yeah. who's Stan Makita for those that, that don't know? Um, I would say he was always known as a gentlemanly player. Uh, he was uh, too to the Blackhawks, what Jean Beliveau is to the Canadians. Stan Makita yeah. uh, was the first player. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, uh, he was the first uh, Blackhawk to have his, his jersey retired. Uh, he's the franchise leader in, in assists and points and games played, uh, second only to Bobby Hall in goals. He is, he is Mr. Blackhawk. Uh, Stan Makita uh, sadly passed away a year ago at the age of 78, August of, of 2018. It just came out this week uh, that a study of, of uh, Stan Makita's brain showed 
that he suffered from CTE. And um, this, this uh, 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 hospital that, uh, that did the, the research uh, uh, on this, uh, this is the eighth NHL player that, uh, that they've uh, uh, diagnosed. And um, they've associated CT with repeated blows to the head. And we know that Stan Makita at the time, he had that perfectly coiffed hair with the gel. He didn't wear a helmet <laughs> at, at the time. Um, and, uh, the, 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 the news came out and was announced, um, by Dr. Anne McKee. Um, and she said, uh, was very critical about the NHL. The NHL is nowhere on this. They have completely denied a link. They have denied responsibility and it's clear they are just protecting the bottom line. Uh, Gary Bettman, uh, I didn't hear a response to Stan McKeat in, per- in particular, but he's always said there's absolutely no link between uh, blows to the head and, and CTE in his, you know, all the <laughs> the scientific research that uh, yeah. good old Gary has done. Now, listen, the <laughs> NHL has done some things there. They brought in spotters um, and uh, but have they done enough? And And you look at at the players, even that this Institute has, has diagnosed. And there was Todd Ewan, uh, who's known uh, to Canadians fans three and a half years with the Canadians. He was a member of that, the the last Stanley cup winning team, Uh, Todd Ewan, a rugged, rugged player uh, played over 500 NHL games. Um, Then went on afterwards to Anaheim, wore an A there, Uh, tough player. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be tough players. Stan Makita wasn't. And how about no. uh, they've also diagnosed Rick Martin. Uh, Rick Martin, of course, with Buffalo, was a member of the French Connection with uh, Gilbert Perrault and Rene Robert. He was uh, he grew up in Verdun, right across the river from me, and and uh, uh, he was one of these eight uh, that confirmed with with uh, CT. Bob Probert was we we heard about that. Kate, Derek Bugard. Uh, was another yeah. one. So concussions, this is, and you mentioned Connor, uh, Connor Crisp having to retire at the age of 25. This is a really, really serious issue. Um, and um, it's, it's just been spotlighted again for particularly for Canadians fans with uh, the, 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 the leading light of, of the, uh, the, the camp so far, uh, the training camp so far in uh, Ryan Paling, uh, having his um, training camp uh, at least shortened by, um, and and we don't know uh, with concussions, it's impossible to know uh, how this yeah. is going to play out. Whether he's going to be ready for uh, opening night, whether this is going to uh, carry on, uh, we just don't know. The only thing we do know is once you've had one concussion, it's much 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 easier. Uh, to get a se- second and subsequent one, so uh, that's something that's that has to be concerning uh, for for all fans and should be more concerning uh, for the teams and for the NHL. Absolutely, and I mean, obviously, uh, wish Ryan Paling all the best in his recovery and, and Noah Juleson as well for whatever it is that that ails him at at this point in time. Um, so shifting towards the Montreal Canadiens because. We've, we kind of touched on it a little bit because those 96 points last year, um, you look at this, you've already gotten off to a bit of a rocky start with injuries. 
And, you know, for teams that deal with the injury bug, it has a way of it just when it rains, it pours for teams with the injury bug. So looking at the Canadians this season, with all of that went well for them last year with injuries and with the guys having the uh, career years that they did. I mean, is this not feel like a bit of a, of a bad omen to, to begin the year with all of this happening? Especially, I mean, it, it opens the door for guys. Like uh, we mentioned Kale, uh, Kale Fleury, uh, Noah Juleson's absence, uh, unfortunate absence, opens the door for him. But, I mean, largely this is going to be a, a concern for the Montreal Canadiens because they've already kind of starting behind the eight ball a little bit with uh, Paul Byron as well. And last year he missed a good chunk of action. One of the only guys that really did uh, for the Canadians last year. So how hard is it going to be to replicate that? Not only the, the injury, but the, the career years that they had from guys like Tatar, Domi, uh, Petrie, like all those guys. It's, um, it's something we talked about last, last week, right? All of the, all of the issues, all of the, questions all of the concerns and we um we itemize those everything that that uh all the challenges that the canadians were going to be facing this year and if you missed last week's episode if you missed any episode uh just go to canadiansconnection.com canadiansconnection.com or on your favorite favorite podcast um uh app and you can uh check back episodes but uh, perhaps we needed to add one more question, um, yeah. and uh, that is, will injuries impact the Canadians more than they did last season? As we said, uh, they had a relatively uh, light bed of injuries. The, the, the offset to that, uh, the offset to injuries is always depth. And um, now, uh, you know, the Canadians certainly have uh, what could be considered uh, pretty good depth, um, my concern is where that depth is. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, um, there are a million people, <laughs> a million players vying for the, those three fourth line spots. Um, and that's where the Canadians depth is, is yeah. uh, strongest, obviously. Uh, but it's at the, you know, um, the key positions, uh, the scoring winger positions. Um, is the depth going to be enough? Uh, are they going to be relying on on the youngsters too much? On the uh, left side of the de- defense, uh, we know uh, that's a that's an issue where the Canadians are rather thin and don't have a lot of their bodies, uh, but uh, don't necessarily have the guys that can fill into those key spots. And and we've seen that that things can change oh so very quickly. And you you look at. Uh, the, the problems uh, that the Winnipeg Jets are facing right now yeah. and, um, you know, have gone from having the best prospect pool in the NHL and an automatic ticket to the Stanley Cup. Uh, they've been decimated. Uh, they were already decimated in the offseason on, uh, on the defensive side. And then with just, you know, it can change in a second. Dustin Bufflin uh, uh, pondering his future and, and wondering whether, you know, um, a rugged guy like that, a guy who plays a very physical name, a game is, is uh, seeing these, these um, reports about CTE and whether that's affecting um, 
um, you know, at, at some point you think, how can Dustin Bufflin walk away from $15 million? Well, he's made 60 already. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and that factor, you know, is that, is that going to last? And, and the quality yeah. of life starts factoring into uh, the, the decisions of these guys. So injuries, uh, and we've spent a lot of time talking about injuries uh, in this segment, but it's because they can change uh, the expectations, they can change the makeup of, of your lineup. And, and we've, we, we're getting a, a glimpse of these injuries. And hopefully this, as you say, hopefully this isn't an omen uh, for yeah. the Canadian season as we go along. Well, the Canadians, as you mentioned, still have some preseason games left to play. And tonight they visit the Ottawa Senators. And it's going to be our first look at uh, Keith Kincaid in the preseason. Surprisingly, it seems like it's it's taken a while to to get a look and see what we have with uh, Keith Kincaid. Uh, that's Kincaid with with two Ks, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> three, so actually. Tonight, that's that's true. You go the full name; it is three. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so um, you have Nick Suzuki, as we mentioned, who's going to be with uh, Tatar and Dano, and you have Keith Kincaid. Are those the two to watch tonight, especially with? Uh, you know, with with Nick Suzuki now, I guess being the uh, the guy that most think is most likely to break through for the for the Canadians. Well, if um, you know, uh, uh, Nick Suzuki uh, seemed to like the limelight in the first star the other night. Well, he's going to have all eyes looking at him yeah. tonight, uh, particularly in that uh, uh, first line role. And uh, but Thomas Tatar is looking forward to playing with him and said you know, um, the kind of guy with the skills that he has, he's the kind of guy I like to play with. So uh, Thomas Tatar is excited. I expect Nick Suzuki will be excited to get that assignment. And we'll see how, how he reacts. Keith Kincaid, um, he said uh, when interviewed that uh, he's, he's, he's aware that, that the Canadians are three and O's so far and that uh, there's the pressure on him to keep that winning streak going. He wants to, make sure he isn't the one that ends the winning streak. Uh, he also talked, I thought it was interesting. He talked about uh, his work so far in camp with Stefan Waite and said that uh, uh, Stefan Waite isn't the kind of goalie coach that maybe he's experienced in the past that, that is, uh, you know, in there and, 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 and tinkering a lot and, and trying to change your style. He said that Stefan Waite uh, basically works with the tools that you have and what they've been working on is cleaning up bad habits uh, that had crept in over, over the last year or so, and particularly last year where uh, Keith Kincaid had a rough season. So uh, they've addressed some of those uh, kind of bad habits, and Keith Kincaid is uh, excited to um, be part of the, the winning culture uh, of preseason so far in Montreal. Well, and I'm sure that Habs fans are excited to see what he can bring to the table and if his, uh, his game between the – pipes is as good as his game on twitter and social media then we should have a a pretty good one here but uh, yeah certainly as i mentioned last week you have to hope that uh, stefan Waite can work his magic and find whatever it is that keith kincaid has that makes that'll make him a successful goaltender for the canadians because it appears as though they're putting you know his uh that they that they really would like him to be the backup goaltender uh, so this will be a, an interesting test tonight in Ottawa for not only Keith Kincaid, but Nick Suzuki as well. So we, uh, we wait to see how, uh, how it all shakes out tonight. So 
we're going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. But when we return, we're going to tackle the question of the week. We're going to read some responses. And just as a reminder, here it is. After three preseason games, which Habs player surprised you most in camp and why? Uh, we've discussed some of the guys that have impressed us. Now we turn the question over to you. So we're going to go to Twitter and Facebook and have a look and see what people are saying, uh, are responding with uh, to this question. So we'll come back with those answers after a quick break. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at Joela19. You can follow Rick at All Habs. And uh, this uh, podcast has its own Twitter account at Habs Connection. And that's also on uh, Facebook and, uh, and Instagram as well. So, Rick, we have the responses to the question of the week, which one more time. After three preseason games, which Habs player has surprised you most in camp? And why? Uh, we've gotten some great responses to this. And uh, we'll start with Treg, the birthday boy. We'll say uh, happy birthday once again. And he says, Otto Leskinen, once he adapts to North American ice, he could be a top four left-hand defenseman that helps the power play. And he's one guy that I neglected to mention in the opening segment. He had that beautiful pass, that beautiful stretch pass up ice in the game uh, against the Florida Panthers, that first one that set up that little tic-tac-toe goal to open it up. That was a, uh, a great pass. And yeah, he certainly has a skill set that 
that looks like he could be a uh, puck mover defenseman on that left side that the Montreal Canadiens desperately need. Uh, Chris Otto, G. Otto Leskin, yeah. yeah, for sure. I and and he impressed me at the uh, rookie showcase uh, a lot. Um, he's he's going to take some time to uh, adjust not only to the dimensions of the ice, but just uh, uh, the, the the speed and physicality. He's not a big guy. Um, very good puck mover though. Uh, yeah. very smart. Uh, we saw him, uh, make some great plays even in the, the red white game, uh, and then got, got, uh, 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 beat by, um, Max Domi, uh, around the crease. So he's got a little bit to learn and I, I, I yeah. expect to see him at some point this season. Uh, I don't know if it's, uh, going to happen out of camp though. But yeah, of all the guys to have beat you, uh, Max Domi, that's the that's the best probably yeah. one there yeah. out on the Canadians. So <laughs> we'll give him a pass. But uh, yeah, I think that he is a guy that I was really excited about when they signed him. And whatever happens this year, I mean, the Canadians' left side of the defense doesn't look particularly good. So there might be a chance for him this season. But I, I don't think it's it's right out of camp. Um, you have Chris G who says the player that has surprised me the most is Suzuki. Uh, I wasn't expecting him to show his skills in the offensive zone so quickly. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that is, uh, he, he's really come along as we, we talked about He's he's kind of started off and you mentioned this in one of the recaps, a little bit timid, a little bit on the fringe on the outside, but once he started to feel comfortable, it really, it really showed for Nick Suzuki in that game against the Florida Panthers in that second one. Um, And then you have, uh, Richard, who says it has to be Cal Fleur, uh, Kale Flurry. Nobody expected him to to shine as much as he did, and I think he is absolutely right. I think that he has been the guy that has broke through in this camp uh, in a way that I don't think many people anticipated. I think people thought that Ryan Paling and Nick Suzuki would be right there as guys, but Kale Flurry wasn't somebody that was being talked about, like we we, we discussed earlier in the show. He wasn't somebody that was being talked about. And, and right now he's got a lot of people talking about him because he's just been solid. Um, CJ Castleman says Jordan wheel is a top nine player. He and Nick cousins have the potential to exceed Shaw's point production. Both look great. Lekkinen also looks very good and could land himself a top six role. So yeah, I mean, uh, Jordan wheel has looked very good and uh, he and Suzuki had some really nice chemistry the other night against uh against Florida and uh, certainly he's he's looked he's looked pretty good and and you know I, I have no issue with with uh, Nick Cousins as much as as I've talked about the the load of guys that they have on the third and fourth line those Nick Cousins is the name that comes up just because they signed him but I've I've, I've liked what I've seen from Nick Cousins I've liked what I've seen from Jordan Wheel but uh you know you you can't help but think that they've you know taken spots away from some of the youth movement that we've been that we've been hearing such about for all the talk of the those are the guys that were kind of blocking the way. It's very good. Uh, what's Facebook saying, though? You can join us on Facebook. Uh, just look for All Habs. Uh, type in All Habs, and you'll find the All Habs uh, fan page on Facebook. I should also say that, you know, uh, you can you can continue to uh, answer this question even after the show is over on social media. Or you can uh, text us. Our text line is open uh, every day, 24 hours a day, and that is 5853ROCKET, 5853ROCKET. Um, we did get a call uh, from uh, <laughs> our staff member, 
the aforementioned Blaine Potvin, who is visiting St. <laughs> John's, and uh, who called me um, uh, when we were in that last segment. And perhaps for, for Blaine's sake, who who's now landed in St. John's, you can just explain <laughs> to him the time difference, yeah. Joe. It's, uh, if it's 1 p.m. Eastern, it is 2.30 Newfoundland time. And it's just an hour and a half difference, so uh, just a little bit, uh, a little bit different than maybe what he's accustomed to. <laughs> so we'll talk to you after the show, Blaine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but do text us. You can text us uh, anytime. As far as uh, our our uh, folks on on Facebook, um, we have Rodney P. Barrett, and uh, he says uh, Flurry, Leskinen, Suzuki, and Paling the kids, and and I think there's. Uh, there's no question there that all four have been um, outstanding uh, in their own regard. Um, Neil Gardner says, uh, Jake Evans, for sure, such a smart player. Uh, and indeed, that's that's one of uh, bo- both being smart and and um, um, just being a leader. He he exudes that that confidence. And, and at, once he he uh, figures he's, you know, um, knows what, what's happening out there. He started timidly, but, but has been very good. Uh, Gregory Deboo says he kind of turns it back on us, Joe. So uh, oh. he has a question for us. Yeah. Gregory Deboo says, which player has been disappointing to you so far? And uh, yeah, so good question. Wow. And um, I think, I think for me, and I wrote about this in one of the game recaps and you can follow uh, the game recaps at allhabs.net. Um, I I said that it's it's really hard to ignore uh, the two games that Jonathan Duran has played. So much was made of um, how he had uh, studied video and there was an attention to detail and sat down with Dom Ducharme and looked at his his mistakes and um, you know that this was going to be such a breakout year. And I understand it it might be different for. Uh, for vets, um, but um, they have to show something too. Like Arturi Lekkonen has been uh, lighting it up so far, lighting it up in terms of his performance, not necessarily the scoreboard. But um, uh, Jonathan Drouin has has been terrible. Um, he he hasn't looked much different in his two preseason contests than the last thirty games uh, of last season, and we know what happened there. Um, we saw him mishandling the puck a couple of times. He's the point man on the uh, one of the point men on the power play, uh, missing defensive assignments, um, and um, hasn't been doing a whole lot with respect to uh, uh, the creating offense. And and it was the other night in that game, uh, he was on the ice in the last two minutes, uh, and I, I think made four four uh, uh, defensive errors on the same shift and could have cost uh, uh, the, the Canadians that game um, after uh, uh, the Jake Evans goal and and uh, I, I don't know what's going on with with Jonathan Duran but he's got to figure it out pretty soon and uh, otherwise with all of these excellent performers he's going to find himself bounced down. Uh, in the, in the lineup. Uh, and, um, you know, um, maybe we're, we're, we're seeing that, uh, he's just a player that, that can't figure it out. And, and, uh, um, I hope that's not the case. The Canadians really need Jonathan Duran or, you know, a trade for a replacement. They need somebody <laughs> that has that kind of, uh, talent 
in the lineup in order to to make the playoffs. But for to answer, and it's a good question, Greg. Thanks for your yeah. question, uh, Gregory the Boo on Facebook. Um, you know, which player has been disappointing for me? It's been Jonathan Duran so far. Yeah, and really no one else sticks out. I mean, you could say guys like, you know, Maxim LaMarche had a rough one the other night with turnovers. <laughs> but, like, when you're getting down to that point, I mean, most everyone else has taken preseason as an opportunity to show, like, listen, Jordan Wheel is a perfect example of a guy who's come in. Uh, you mentioned Arturi Lekkonen, but, like, nobody's taking anything for granted because they know that there are guys behind them. And you mentioned there was a perfect line in the recap and I, I'm loosely, I'm going to say it's, uh, if it were based on merit, then Jonathan Drouin's job would be in jeopardy. And I think that that is incredibly fair because, listen, you can't come into preseason and, you know, not everybody is, is Rod Brindamore, as uh, Sarah Sivian from The Athletic tweeted out today, that he didn't like uh, preseason games because he was always in shape, because he was always in game shape. <laughs> you know, you're not that guy. in game shape. Yeah, exactly, because he's Rod the Bod Brindamore. He, he can do that. But Jonathan Drouin isn't, isn't Rod the Bod, especially not after if he spent most of his time watching film over the summer. So, you know, that's the thing is I don't think anyone else really sticks out. I think it's, you know, I, I think that Jonathan Drouin, there's another gear that he can get to, and you, you hope to see that at some point because, for me, I think if he doesn't get 60 points, 60 plus, and I would say even 65 is where I would say is the the point where Montreal needs him to be. If he if he if they don't get that out of Jonathan Drouin, I don't think they're a playoff team. I think that they need that out of Drouin, and hopefully, hopefully another 70 from Max Domi, and that's probably the bare minimum requirement because they need production, and Jonathan Drouin is certainly skilled enough to provide it, but there's just no consistency. So, any uh, any more responses to the uh, to the question of the week on Facebook, or will we move on? I th- I think uh, I I just encourage uh, all of you, and and uh, certainly things will change after uh, yep. again after tonight's game, and as as we uh, play through the week. So we're going to leave that question up. Uh, respond on yep. Twitter. Respond on Facebook. Uh, uh, text us uh, again our rocket sports uh, text line 5853 rockets very easy for you to remember 5853 rocket uh, we do want to hear from you absolutely we love to hear from from everybody that uh, that uh, contributes any any bit of uh, their opinion to the show certainly on twitter and, and, and facebook as well so as we move forward throughout the season, there's definitely going to be more opportunity for these types of questions about who's impressed and who hasn't. And, uh, and we look forward to being back with you again next week and, and discussing all of that further. During the week, uh, for those that are looking for us, uh, not only uh, you, you can first, your first stop is always allhabs.net, allhabs.net. Uh, tons of content there. It includes uh, the podcast, this podcast, The Canadian's Connection. We're live every Saturday. Uh, you may not know, but there are uh, other podcasts. There is uh, an AHL prospect-focused uh, podcast, and that's with myself and, and Amy Johnson called From the Press Box. It's on our sister site, and that is AHL.report. AHL.report for all the prospect news you want to go there. Um, but there are four podcasts uh, total, Canadians Connection, From the Press Box, 
There's Have a Listen with Lewis and Gibby. They put out a great episode uh, on Thursday, on Wednesday. Uh, Habs Unfiltered with Matt Blaine and Treg. And Blaine, I'll phone you after the show. Uh, <laughs> and Treg was, uh, was uh, sitting solo in the chair. On Friday, they've dropped a new uh, pod. So um, under the Rocket Sports Radio umbrella, we've got all kinds of content for you. And uh, you can listen to it at the websites or uh, on your favorite podcast app. Yeah, you certainly can. You can search for Rocket Sports Radio and hit that subscribe button. You can find them on all of your favorite podcasts and platforms. It's like Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play. Like I said, you hit that. Uh, you search for Rocket Sports Radio, hit that subscribe button. You get all four of the lovely podcasts that Rick just mentioned. The uh, Canadians Connection along with From the Press Box, Have a Listen, and Habs Unfiltered. And, uh, yeah, it's certainly uh, – we've got you covered from all angles here on uh, Rocket Sports Radio. And certainly as the season goes on, there's going to be definitely a, a lot of content that's going to be coming at you at allhabs.net and ahl.report, especially, as you said, with uh, the uh, Laval Rocket Camp uh, going to be beginning uh, fairly soon and a uh, lot of excitement surrounding the youth movement in Montreal and certainly a, a chance for – for that to get uh, to get going in Laval with uh, a lot of exciting young prospects. So it's going to be a fun year here with uh, the Canadians connection and, and rocket sports radio, all we've got you covered from, from all angles. So we're going to take uh, we're going to say goodbye for now. And uh, we'll be back next week at 1 PM Eastern. And uh, that's two thirty Newfoundland time. Just a Blaine. reminder. It's an hour and a half difference, Blaine. It's two thirty Newfoundland time. You can find, uh, you can find us back here next week. We're going to be discussing all things Montreal Canadiens, potentially things that might happen tonight against the Ottawa Senators. Maybe Nick Suzuki has another great game. We're going to be discussing all of those things next week. But until then, we'll say goodbye and thank you for tuning in to the Canadiens Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Connection and visit allhabs.net.